Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 923. This episode brought to you by Squarespace. Say, you got some big plans for the new year? Well, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website. Show off your work or your blog or your 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 soul. You publish some content, sell products, services of any kind, just in a few clicks. You can customize everything uh, from look and feel to, to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And there's nothing ever to install, patch, or upgrade. So head to squarespace.com, get a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code NERDIST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, let's go to the Nerdist Community Court Board. Dave Clock, an amazing artist who lives in Los Angeles. If you ever went to any of the Meltdown shows when it was uh, the Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, uh, you've seen his work. He did all the posters for those shows, and they are all masterpieces. Anyway, he's having an art show featuring his posters and other original artwork Saturday, December 16th. So if you like cool art, definitely go. It's going to be at... Uh, the uh, A.G. Geiger Bookstore in Chinatown. That is a 502 Chungking Court, Los Angeles 90012 from 5 to 9 p.m. Or if you can't make it and you still want to see, go buy Dave's art or go look at Dave's art at daveclockkloc.com. Uh, Pearl the Poi Puppy is an adorable blind and deaf dog who's living in Hawaii with her own Instagram account. And to celebrate this holiday season, she's using her Instagram to help raise money for some great animal charities. Um, to, so just so she can raise as much money as possible, she created a contest. If you donate money to one of the charities, you can be entered to win really great prizes, including dog toys, food, and more. Check out at pearl.the.poi.puppy on Instagram to find out more info, where to donate, how to win, all those things. And uh, just give her a little digital hug if you can. Just give her a sweet little digital hug. Um, This episode is Bill Skarsgård, who is, uh, you may know, is one of the the infinite uh, number of Skarsgård clan. Uh, You got uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård. Bill is a brilliant actor who, of course, played Pennywise in It. (laughs) He was incredible. And uh, he's just such a nice guy. I was in New York. I think we recorded this uh, maybe like six weeks ago. He just happened to be in New York doing some press. And I went to his hotel, like went up to his hotel room. Just he and I hung out in his hotel room and uh, recorded this. He was just so freaking cool. And he's promoting, besides It, of course, which I'm sure you've already seen, Castle Rock, which I am very excited about. It is coming to Hulu uh, next year. Castle Rock is essentially the uh, horror series 
which was created for Hulu, and it's basically based on the stories of Stephen King, and it intertwines characters and themes from the fictional town of Castle Rock. Uh, Bill is in it, Sissy Spacek, Melanie Linsky, who's a brilliant actor, um, Scott Glenn, Terry O'Quinn. Uh, it is a fantastic group of people. So uh, I am very, very excited for Castle Rock uh, next year. Of course, executive produced by J.J. Abrams and uh, based on Stephen King work. So there you go. That's that. Uh, this episode also brought to you by Stamps.com. The holidays are bearing down upon us quickly and showing no sign of slowing down. Time is an ever-moving train that we can only hope to hang on to and enjoy the ride. Uh, but maybe it's easier to do that if you buy and print all of your postage from your own computer. Don't wait in lines at the post office. You probably have a million errands to run, right? So who has time for that? Print it all out from any letter package, any class of mail, from your computer, from your printer. The mail carrier picks it up. Stamps.com makes it easy. They're going to send you a digital scale, automatically calculates the exact postage you need. They're going to even help you decide the best class of mail every time. Print postage any day, any time of day. Stamps.com is always open. Um, you know, it, it, Stamps is one of those things that it, it, what I love about Stamps is that it prints out the exact postage you need, which I always feel like is a subtle way of saying like, hey, I'm professional. Psst, hey, I'm professional. Rather than putting like, you know, two or four or five different stamps lining up the side of the thing and then you're licking them and bleh, you get that taste in your mouth. Right now, you can enjoy stamps.com with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage in a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Nerdist. That's stamps.com under the promo code Nerdist. Now here's the Nerdist Podcast numbers 923 with Bill Skarsgård. Katie, Bill the Skarsgård. Now entering... Nerdist.com. Oh, you know, the great part about that is that you can just talk in Swedish and know what <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And so... You know, being in another country, it's all, you have a secret code. Oh, yeah, and you forget sometimes. Of your yeah. native language. Right. Have you ever been surprised by anyone where you think, like, oh, we're totally cool to talk here, and then someone responds in Swedish? I think I've been close up times, you know, where you'd like, where I'm like, I'm about to say something, and I'm like, for, like <laughs> almost like a, like a sixth sense, you know, it's like, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud. And then it's like, gonna... he's fucking Swedish, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was. Asked. And then this city's crazy because, like, every time you walk around, I hear. Every time I walk around the streets, I hear Swedish. Really? Every time. Like, there's. If I walk, if I take a walk for an hour, I guarantee you, I'll hear Swedish. It's one of the most. It's one of the incredible things about New York is that it's so close to, you know, the the European experience that everything is, you know, six to eight hours away. Yeah. But when you're in Los Angeles. That's all, you yeah. know, eleven to fifteen hours away. Yeah. So we just don't, right? We just don't get it as much. But it's so, it's so wonderful here. Yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, I think New York is, I think it's the fourth biggest city in Sweden. Oh, really? <laughs> I think, or maybe that's London. Maybe it's the fifth. Oh, I think, wow. but like uh, in terms of where Swedish, like Swedish inhabitants, it's I think London is the fourth and New York's the fifth. And I was asking your girlfriend, because um, my wife and I would love to go to Sweden in 
she said, yeah, you know, go to Stockholm, start there, and uh, and I'll give you a list of places you need to go see. <laughs> yeah, no, and if you come, like, um, both Alita's parents and my parents have, like, beautiful houses in the, in the, in the countryside. It's just, like, an hour outside of Stockholm. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you, like, come out and have dinner. And oh, that would be so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've never, we've never been, and it, uh, uh, it, it just... It, you know, we watch so many horror movies, and Swedish horror is a very specific style of horror movie. Yeah, and it, it's so uh, the looks like the angles are wide, and it's so picturesque, and it's so it's just stunning. You know, so much of it feels like it's outdoors, kind of dealing with the elements. Yeah. Um, it, it, do you have a def- is there a sort of a defining quality of Swedish film for you when you think about the difference? I think. I mean, I don't know. If, uh, I got this question the other day about. Um, because it is set in the summer, and it was like, oh, what? What do you think about it's like that's so scary about the summer? Um, and I think like December is supposedly the the most haunted month or the most <laughs> spiritual month for some reason, okay. I, I think, or sort of in the mystical, you know, sure. sort of gothic lore at least. It's like December has always been. And if I like to, if you've never been it to Sweden in December before, it's quite a thing. Like it's it gets pitch black at three p.m. Oh yeah, pitch black. Um, and so like I would, as a kid, I would go to school, you know, I would go to school and it's dark outside. And then when I was walking back from school, it was dark outside. It's, <laughs> and it's black. It's like not like it's proper black darkness at 3 PM. Um, so I think in terms of Scandinavian horror, uh, or sort of creative, you know, um, writing and, 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 and music as well. I think there's something about being surrounded in that darkness that sort of yeah. stimulates, uh, I guess, creativeness or that you you imagination and like there's there's a lot to come from that. Like <laughs> the, the place of that it's so such so, such a dark place uh, during the winter and of course in the summer it's com- the complete opposite. And it's, I mean, it's rough because when you're you go into it in December. And then you know that it's like it's two, three months, Ugh. you know, of this. <laughs> I mean, they, I don't think I'm not. You know, it's interesting. It might, I, I, it'd be so fascinating to find out if your if your biochemistry is different because I just I think most humans are not designed to be in darkness for 23 hours. Yeah, a day. no, it's 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 crazy. And I mean, Stockholm is uh, fairly south, so you know, if you go up to, I think it's like sort of on the um, the third to the to the to the most southern point if yeah. you, you look at it that way and then there's two thirds more of the country maybe even more maybe it's like three quarters and if you go up like the furthest north of Sweden you get yeah full darkness like there's no sun at all you for know, weeks and then in the, in the summer it's just sun you know, okay well see so, I mean, that, that balances it out because you you know you think you hear about this you know this 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 dark culture where it just seems like they've just thrown a tarp over the sky for yeah. a handful, of, and you think, oh, the, well, the people that the, the people that must exist there must be like mole people. They stay inside. They're tiny. They're, and then, but Swedish people are tall, blue eyes, fair skin, stunning. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone. It, it just that part doesn't add up. Right. That part doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I almost think that maybe Sweden is a mythical land. And right. then you're all magical beings. You must all be <laughs> magical beings of some sort. I yeah. mean, your entire family. Does everyone in your family act, or is it? Are there a couple that um, have? Other no. Guys? So uh, I have three older brothers. Yes. And uh, Alexander and Gustav are both actors. Yes. Um, 
and um, then my youngest older brother Sam is a doctor, a medical uh-huh. doctor, uh, and then it's me, and then it's my little sister, mm-hmm. um, who's um, uh, she's sort of nightclub, like managing a nightclub in Stockholm, and, and sort of uh, or restaurant slash bar sort of thing. Um, and uh, then there's my little brother Walter, mm-hmm. who's an actor. He's five years younger than me. And then I have two, uh, like my youngest brothers, who are too young to be <laughs> to be anything at this point. My other eight or nine and, 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 and six. Got it. Or nine and five. Well, how old are they? Eight and five. Yeah. Um, and um, um, yeah, like it remains, it remains to be seen if they want to do it. I, like it's it's one of those. It's a weird thing when because. Um, my dad hasn't been sort of actively encouraging us to pursue acting. I mean, definitely not actively encouraging us, but he he sort of encouraged, or my mom and my dad encouraged us to do whatever we wanted. So if I said, like, I want to be an actor, my dad was like, well, well sure, you know, that's fine. But, uh, you know, you need to work hard at it and you need to uh, uh, take it seriously. And, you know, all these sort of advices sure. that, you would, that he would give me... Uh, if I'd say anything, you know, if like if I said that I wanted to be a whatever, he would encourage me to take it seriously and, and, and work hard at it. Um, and it's funny because I think he gets, uh, uh, I think he, you know, he he gets a question a lot, and he he never thought that any of these kids would be actors. <laughs> like when you know when he first became a dad, you know, sure. it's like I don't I don't see any of my kids becoming actors and. You know, I mean, he has four out of his eight kids. <laughs> and everyone's doing really well, too. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's I mean, crazy. It's, it's hard enough for one person from one family to succeed, but there's some sort of there's some sort of weird entertainment royalty that courses through your blood. I, I don't know what it is. It's really hard to, to I think, uh, come to terms or to just justify. Like, I don't know why. You know, there's so, there's so many people out there that work so hard uh, and... You know, really try to pursue uh, a career in acting, and nothing happens. And then I don't know why we're doing so well. It's it's embarrassing. I think. Well, you know, with with it, it what's fantastic. I mean, what's really fascinating about it is that you, you know, you were cast really based on your performance level. I mean, there's no. You know, it's not one of those movies like, oh, we, you know, we cast a tall, handsome Swedish man. It's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that character just has to be creepy as fuck. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and you don't even see the, you don't even see his face. You know, you yeah. don't even see the, the, your actual face, and uh, and so it's that's a really great role to get because you sort of have to feel like, hey, I, I really, I really just got this because I my performance was was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it it was a great role like that because even in the casting process. Um, there was no sort of um, specified thing that they were looking for. I mean, Andy, the director, uh, they were looking at, you know, women read for it. Like, girls read for it. Older guys read for it. Like, fat, thin, whatever. Like, there's yeah. no, like, rule to what Pennywise would be, you know? Right. There's no, like, um, type. There was no type. There was no... Like, he or she could be anything. It's just, you know, whatever the... Uh, sort of Andy's interpretation initially would be um, and then I just did something that I, I guess um, sort of was in line with whatever Andy had envisioned before right, it right. even started casting it so um, which is one of those things where it's just sort of a combination of just sheer luck that he was doing it and I sort of brought something that he had already thought of as the character right. you know what I mean right. um, and, um, and because of that that sort of really 
uh, was the beginning of such a great collaboration between us because whatever I brought, he responded to. And then sort of he said, you know, we, we really thought along the sort of the same lines of what the character would be. Right. So the, the, the uh, character you, you see in the movie is um, sort of our, you know, sort of collaborative wor- version of what Pennywise was. And, sure. And there was really never any sort of conflicts or disputes. We were sort of on the same page throughout the whole thing, which is uh, extremely rare, I think, as for an actor. I mean, I've never... Uh, it's one of the, you know... Um, uh, sort of greatest collaborations I've ever had with the, with the director before. I mean, it, it's the other great thing too is that I think you can never you can never be typecast as Pennywise because you just don't, you don't look like you, right? So you, no one will ever go, oh, it's hard for me to see that guy as anything else because he's just so much like because unless you put clown makeup on, like yeah. maybe 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 you can't play other clowns, right? But outside of yeah. that, you know, it seems like uh, it, it it really is an, a, an incredibly freeing uh, type of a role because you don't it, it's. You you just disappear into it in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and it, it, it is great because I don't. You know, I mean, if we look at, I mean, this is obviously uh, without the without a doubt the biggest thing I've ever done in terms of how the success of it and and, and how um, um, you know how big the movie became um, and. Also, the the thing that people, you know, most people probably don't know who I am, or they haven't seen any of my other works, and yeah. then they go see this movie. And you're right, like, I think there's, there is a, uh, you know, a problem with, um, um, with be- becoming a type as an actor, you know, and, and you establish yourself as one thing, and then the industry starts putting you into that type and casting you as the same sort of character over and over again. Right. Um, and uh, I think you limit yourself, and you limit your 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 the, the type of characters that you get to play. Um, so having this role as sort of my launching thing is pretty great because it's it's hard to typecast me as a creepy clown <laughs> over and over again, you know. Um, um, so uh, it's I mean I I, I I really think it's such a fortunate thing because I it. it it's it's it is a full transformation in a sense the 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 character you know the voice and the movement and the makeup and everything is so far away from who I am in 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 in, in everyday life right <laughs> um, and I just kind of want to yeah see where that takes me in terms of like I always wanted um, whenever I, I whenever I've gotten the question of like where where do you, where do you you know envision yourself in in five or ten years or blah 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 and all these sort of uh, ridiculous questions I. Uh, I try not to think that far ahead at all, but I have always had, even when I was, you know, a kid or younger and started out acting, I always wanted to, like, my main goal was to be able to play as many different characters as I can. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and constantly challenge myself. So my goal was to be able to get work, right? Like, to just be able to get work and, and do things that inspired me and to play different characters, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that that is what's sort of one of those things that is most exhilarating for me as an actress, to just really di- delve into a character and 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 do that, and then you move on to the next thing, and it's completely different, and there's completely new challenges ahead of you, and to constantly test yourself like that is, is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Say, I feel like a, you know, a lot of people start out, they think, oh, I just want to be super successful and they don't really think about what is it that specifically that I want to do because I think that that you know th- I think there is a trap of 
people who just want to be famous actors or just want to be, I just want to be like an action, I just want to be like a lead, like a male or female lead. And then you go, well, but then that's really limiting because you could just do that one thing and at a certain point you kind of can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you go into, but what you're saying is sort of really about the the, the craft and the, the sort of the magic of just disappearing into characters. I mean, you... There are millions of things that you could do for years, and as you as you start to get older, it's like, oh, when you're 60, you can play these types mm-hmm. of characters, and then you're not, you know, some aging film star is like, oh, I got to put on my spanks and go get the stunt guy to jump around. Right. Again. I mean, that doesn't sound fun. <clears throat> no, and I mean, I love, um, and I think that it's the uh, it's a sad thing when you look at our industry and you see so many. Um, you know, men and women uh, who uh, sort of try to cling on to youth, right? And like they, you know, they uh, uh, surgically try to, to make things look younger and Botox and all these things as an actor. And it, to me, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, why? I mean, aging is a wonderful thing to to do or to experience as an actor because I'm really looking forward. You know, to the time when I'm 60 years old, and like I'll, I'll be able to play the lives of 60 year old men, right? You know? And I, I, I can't do that now, but I'm looking forward to the time when I, when I, when my face and my body uh, is mature enough to take on those type of characters, and right, um, and even the same thing of, uh, you know, uh, being 35 or you know 40. Every five years, uh, there will be an opening. You know, some doors will be shut. Right. And others will be all open, right? Uh, uh, in terms of characters and, and, and who you and who you play, and, and um, I think that there's, um, I think an actor should look at aging as as, and I mean, I actually I think people should look at aging like that in, in life as well, right? That it's like this obsession with clinging on to youth sure. is not healthy. Like aging is a is a wonderful, beautiful process, and um, an aging, like, a, a, you know, an, a, an older, like, an aging face, like, a, a, an older woman or an older man's face can be so beautiful to look at, I think, you know, that you see the, the aging process right. happening. It's, I don't, I don't understand this, you know, thing of trying to cling on to, to well, you. Well, right now, you're, like, 27? Yeah. So, you're, like, a youth billionaire. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, the, you're like, a, you're, <laughs> you're rich in youth right now. And, uh, you know, when I was, when I was your age... I used to I used to think that too, and then you and then know, you got older. Well, right before I started to hit forty, like right before I hit forty, I was like, oh fuck, I don't. I mean, still, I mean, I, I don't. This idea of like cutting up your face, I, I don't know. Like, but I wouldn't. I, yeah. I, I just sort of feel like eh, I guess whatever it is is gonna be whatever it is. Yeah. But you do feel. You you know you do sort of feel that, and it's and it's deeper than this superficial thing of going. Oh, I just look a little different. It's that. It's so tied to mortality, not to freak you out about getting older, but it is so tied to like really understanding, oh, I'm mortal and there's an end point to all this shit. But when you, yeah, but you're basically dying. Right now, you're a time millionaire, so you're like, oh, but I I do believe the way you present it that way, I believe that you are excited about it and that when you do, and I hope that when you're 60, you're like, this is better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I've heard that, that, that people in their 60s from late 50s, up can be the happiest times in people's lives right because they just don't all the stresses that we have when we're younger and all of the anxieties and all of the it just all you know for a lot of people just goes away like oh yeah you know it's a gift we're here it's great everything's great i feel happy and i know who i am now it just takes that long to figure out who you are yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, for sure. I, and I, I understand, like, coming from, like, you know, a 27-year-old, like, why, why are you worrying about aging? Yeah, it's, 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 but it's what it is to me, because I, I, 27 is a weird age, uh, I think, because it's, like, one of those things where, like, for the first time, um, there's a shift when you go into sort of your late 20s, I sure. think, where it's, like, um, you're like I, I did this movie um, earlier this year called Assassination Nation it's a high school movie and I played high school <laughs> and I knew that when I was doing that I'm like I'm, I play 18 and it's you know it's sort of a, a teen movie um, I mean it's much more than that actually but it's you know we're high school kids and I knew when I was doing this, I'm like, this is the last time. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, this is, you know, this is the last, last time that I could ever play someone. And going again, you know, talking about opening doors and sh- doors shutting, like I'm maturing in age, but like that, like I, I knew I had the fitting, uh, my first fitting for that. And, you know, I'm 18 and it's a small American town. So like my character is... Not only is it like sort of uh, in a different country that I like, I went, I, did, I went to high school in Sweden, yeah, uh, in a very pretentious high school where everybody sort of had smoked pipes and like <laughs> oh, no. had suspenders, oh, right? Oh no! Uh, and um, so I'm like, small town American high school is exotic to me, yes. and I don't know how what they how they dress, and I don't know how what what an 18 year old dress is like. So I have this fitting, and it's like, yeah, you know, and you know, some skater things and some skater baggage thing, and there's this, there's this uh, uh, meme, um, like this photo of, of Steve Buscemi who says, like, hey, what's up, kids? Do you have you seen this? No. Um, should I? Can I show you? Yeah, yeah, please. Um, because this is, um, like, I've heard a lot that like, oh, my my, my resemblance to Steve Buscemi. <laughs> which, oh, oh, wait, did Conan ask you about that? No. No, it's just a, it's just a thing, and I mean, I I I think that like Steve Buscemi has one of my favorite faces of all time. I <laughs> love his face. Um, but anyways, um, uh, what's it? What is it? Like, hey kids, or something? Um, this might be really boring for for the listeners. No, no, no. I, we'll we'll clip this out where you're looking for uh, it, and then it'll just be right there. Uh, how do you do, fellow kid? Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I felt like like it was like that type of clothes there was like even like you know cap backwards and like baggy things and I'm like you know I felt, I've never felt old before and that's what I mean about being 27 is like the, for the first time you're sort of not the youngest anymore right like no. it's a shift where you're like oh like I thought I thought I was I'm, I'm a kid you know I'm always the youngest but you literally just stepped out of the building like a minute ago and you're like oh the door already closed what the fuck yeah exactly hey, I was just I was just in there like sorry yeah. yeah and you know the whole I was uh you know the whole the entire cast I was like a senior by like five years you know and I'm like I feel old for the first time ever in this setting I feel old. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things where, like, I, mean, I think late 20s is one of those things where there is a shift of going from, like, young man to, like, old, like there's, there's, to, like, adult. Like, it's a oh, weird yeah. thing, right? Um, uh, and then, so, and there's two ways to look at that. You can go, like, you can, you know, look at aging as this sort of, 
you know, yeah, mortality thing and shit starts to happen and your body starts decaying, you know? Um, and, um, um, and I feel that as well. Like, I don't want to die, you know, it feels sure. terrible, but, uh, but there's, um, uh, there's, I think there's also a way of sort of, uh, looking at like, okay, I'm now, this is my time right now. Like yeah. now I'm 27, now I'm 35, now I'm 40 and like thing doors are closing and others are opening and like your life is sort of moving you know, moving in one direction or another, but it's changing, and the change is what's great, I think, you know what yeah. I mean? and you can't, you know, it's it's so easy to keep looking back, but if you're looking back, then you're going to, you can miss the door that's going to open to something even better. Yeah. But but I, but I think even now, they're, they're really starting to understand more about the human brain that around 25, and I'm sure I'll be corrected on this if this is fake science, but around 25... You know, before that, your brain, your your identity still hasn't really. I mean, I don't. I don't think I remember actually having a complete self awareness until I was in my late twenties, mm-hmm. maybe almost even early thirties. Because you know, it's when you're younger, it's always like, oh, then I'm gonna be sixteen and I'm gonna drive, and then I'll be eighteen, and then I'm gonna be, and then I'm twenty one, and then and then twenty five. I'm a quarter of a century, and then after that, and then it's like thirty, then forty. That you know, it's like you're in yeah. that sort of weird. You know, uh, space, but you're 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 really kind of you're really like it's a magical time for you. Yeah, your body's going to be going through a lot of changes, Bill, <laughs> but not as much. That's but the difference, right? Like as much, yeah. The, up to twenty, there's like, but twenty five. Yeah, it's like I think the frontal cortex or whatever is still, you know, Just, developing up, right. up until twenty five, and and you feel it, like you feel it, like. I feel like I've gone through so many changes, not physically, but like like mentally, the over the past three four years. Like yeah. I I am different today than I was when I was twenty two. Right, yeah. twenty two to twenty seven. That five those five years are you are still developing, and it yeah. is you are changing, and you you are you get new perspectives on on things, and you also find new new interests. Like you start reading things that you hadn't read before, and all that stuff. And then you're twenty seven and. You know, 26 and 27 is not that big of a difference, right? And 27 to 30, not that... The difference becomes less and less. Like, the body changes less and less in terms of... Yeah. Like, you sort of... I think your late 20s is sort of when you figured out sort of the things that you might like, the right. clothes that you wear, the things that you're into, and that's probably going to stay very quite similar or, or you know... Absolutely. You, you know, if 30 to 40, it's like, it's not huge changes. And that's, I think, also what's... What is terrifying about it is, like, from 15 to 20, it's it's a lifetime of changes, yes. right? And 20 to 25, also a lifetime of changes. And then... Just... <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, I'm done, I'm good. And then you're like... Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a, you know, if, if, if physical puberty happens around 12, 13, 14... I, I really do feel like there's an emotional puberty that happens around 27, 28. Yeah. Uh, where Which is why people have crises, I think, during your late 20s as well, right? Of course. You know, because 30 always sounds, you know, it, to my parents' generation, 30 was like, well, you're almost dead. Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. just two, catch, two kids yeah, and a Volvo. Just, just get a walker and take your teeth out and put them by the bed. But, you know, we have an extended adolescence. You know, your generation and my generation sort of has this extended, spoiled, extended adolescence. But I think right before you hit 30, you also might find that a lot... Because when you're young, you'll just sort of be friends with everyone. You're just sort of casually friends with everyone. But then in your late 20s, you start kind of forming your your real identity. 
and then you you'll start to you'll start to like shed friends because you just realize I actually don't really have anything in common with those people, <laughs> right. and I think I want to, you start choosing. I think you start choosing your path more. Right. Or you go, I'm only going to hang out with these people because I have these interests, as opposed to like, fuck it, let's yeah. all just fucking hang out. You're right. Like, oh, that guy's uh, smoking some weird thing out of a shoe, but fuck it, you know. And then at a certain point, you're like, yeah, those people, they yeah. they just they stay up too late. <laughs> you really yeah. do start to yeah. kind of find your own little yeah, your own absolutely. Little niche. But I, and I think, I mean, you know, again, just going back to what we know about sort of the, the brain's development. I mean, if we if we know for certain that, you know, your sort of cognitive reasoning is, is very much still in development up to 25. Yeah. Um, that poses sort of a question to how we should treat an 18 year old. Right. I mean, you're you're right. You have the right to vote and, and not drink in this country. Right. Uh, but you can die for your country. Right. But like cognitively, you're not you yet, right. or you're not fully developed. Like you're, you know, and partially what's still in development is like reasoning, right? And like judgment control and all these different things that, like, I mean, I uh, uh, and I, because I, you know, um, remember when I started going out uh, in Stockholm. You know, I was 19, 20. It's 18. The drinking age is 18 in, in, in Sweden. And I, we would go out with, like, all my friends. We were a big group of guys, like, that would, like, sort of uh, have pre-drinks at, like, my place. And sure. we would all, like, play music and get drunk. And, like, every night was just, like, this amazing, crazy adventure <laughs> of, like, first of all, like, trying to get into the place was, like, a thing. And then once you got in, you were, like, I'm the king of the world, you know. And... You would drink, and it was like you know one of those things where like you, you 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 can't have those sort of party nights again. You know what I mean? Like there's a certain when you're younger and everything is new for the first time, and like whatever hitting on a girl is like the most exciting feeling ever. There's a lot of firsts right. happening. But I was also like we would get drunk and get like weirdly aggressive, you know. And it's also it's a weird Swedish thing. Like you, you wouldn't know, uh, uh, you wouldn't think that, but. We Swedes get really aggressive when they drink, um, and I don't know if it's like we're so sort of polite and <laughs> and sort of introverted in a sense, and that like that we just get drunk and everything is just like everything that we're just holding in. Sure. But I remember, anyways, that we would go out and you know someone would you know bump into you and it was like you know and this all these sort of testosterone fucking Neanderthal brain would just like take control. It's your inner Viking. Yeah, but but it's you know and and you know the complete lack of judgment control, right? Like you would get into fights or you would uh, uh, you know break stuff and like. And, and and it was just and obviously drinking sort of ha- alcohol has that effect of on course. you as well. It sort of enhances this thing that um, uh, that. But we're also you're also in a weird place in time. And then this uh, was two years ago, uh, and you know I was 25 and sort of I was I was out and you know I've been partying and you know I'm on, on my way to uh, uh, like McDonald's to have like get a burger. I'm by myself. I'm like I'm gonna get a burger. It's three in the morning. I guess I get myself a burger. I'm gonna go fall asleep, <laughs> and I'm like standing in line, and they're you know. Um, by the way, this is McDonald's at in Sweden at 3 a.m. is one of the worst places you could ever be. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's just a cluster of it, like we don't have diners, 24 diners. Oh, gotcha. So everybody goes to McDonald's to so it's have all just drunk people. It's all drunk people, yeah. and, and and there's a lot of people who maybe have not had the greatest of nights. And sure. it's three in the morning, so of everybody's course. like, I'm, you know, 
there's a lot of sort of <laughs> angry drunk people <laughs> who have you know not you know sort of uh, um, got snubbed or whatever it's been uh, what a terrible night they've had but I'm standing and I'm, 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 I'm by myself and there's like you know a bunch of kids cutting line or something and I'm like come on man like I just say something like that and these kids are probably like between 18 and 20 and the guy turns around and says, like, what the fuck did you say to me? Oh, no. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, st- I'm like, I'm standing in line here, guys. And he's like, really? Huh? What, you, what, you, what, 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 you wanna, wanna, you wanna go? What, 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 all these kind of things. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I want a Big Mac. Right? <laughs> and, and, and he was like, dude, do, do, do this thing. It's like, you, well, you'll see. You'll see when you, once we, when you go outside, you'll see. You won't be, you won't be talking, blah, 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 blah. blah. And there are 10 of them. There are 10 of them or 15 of them. They're just in an army of, 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 of puberty, <laughs> testosterone-driven, underdeveloped brains. <laughs> and they're all full there. Full of alcohol. Yeah, full of alcohol. <laughs> and I just go like, and I think to myself, I'm like, I've been that kid. I've been you. You know, maybe not you. Right, but right. I've been, I've been like 20 and like you go out and you, it, this starts out, the, the beginning of the night starts out with you having so much anticipation for the night and energy and like excitement. And then you... Your night, your night goes to shit or whatever, and you're just really angry and and you want to fight or whatever it is. And I'm thinking, I'm 25, and like that was you know going again about like being late 20s when you start like I've aged, like I felt I felt <laughs> you like can a, already feel yeah, the I felt like I'm you know only a couple of years ago I might have been you know. Uh, so you didn't just, fight the guy? <laughs> no, I was just like. Oh, okay. And you I, could have just grabbed him and hugged him and go, I know what you're going yeah, to do. Yeah, feeling. exactly. That's what I should have done. Let it's it okay. out. It's okay. You'll, you'll, <laughs> hopefully you'll grow out of this as well. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, I was like, and I started, you know, uh, and I was also drunk, but a fully developed brain being drunk. Right, so I was like, right, okay, right. so what are my options here, Bill? Yeah. You know, there are 10 of them. You know, you're by yourself. You're going to have to go out to the McDonald's and get into a cab. Right. Are they going to jump you? Are you going to, you know, throw a punch and run? What's the best strategic? And I'm like, just my co- my frontal cortex is just trying to be as you know You're doing all the calculations uh, yeah calculations yeah. of how you get out of this situation you know in the smartest way uh, but I sort of remain calm and I order my, my my Big Mac and then I walk out and I sort of see them sort of this the, the guys there and I'm, they forgot about it you know they're, they're probably fighting someone else yeah, of that or each other or each other or right the you know, so, so it was fine but but I remember to see I saw sort of. The shift in me and the clear difference of being uh, that you know twenty something, and I don't think at the time I knew about sort of the 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 the, the part of your brain that's not fully developed yet, but it, it it clearly isn't, and I've lived through the shifts, right? Uh, and that goes to you know I think that says something about you know, and if you look at sort of people being uh, uh, drawn into whatever it's any form of extremism, like, uh, you know, neo-Nazis or uh, 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 sort of religious fundamentalism, like that happens a lot around that age of kids being sort of between 18 and 25, right? Right. Uh, And, uh, or patriots, like this sort of like uh, uh, going to war and like all these, like very sort of, it speaks to a young man's brain. Right. That maybe like, oh, there's a lot of different things here that I maybe would have taken into account if I was a little bit older. Yeah. And and it's an interesting thing if you look at it that way and like what does it say about how we should treat a judgment of... An 18-year-old. And sort of, right. Or how you can use that. You can use an 18-year-old's underdeveloped testosterone-driven brain 
to become an excellent soldier, for instance. Right. You know? I mean, that, that all of those things are qualifications that, you know... Well, the extremist... Pra- I mean, extremism, yeah. like you said, extremism really preys on that because it's like they, they can really get in there. And I think if you can... You know, if, if, if some of these ideas really get woven in as someone's brain hardens over it, right. then it's very difficult to... It's very difficult to undo that right. because it's it's almost like you know throwing a penny into wet cement. Yeah, and yeah, just, and then yeah. it's just hard. And you're like, God, I get this fucking yeah. thing out of here. Yeah, I think it probably would have been helpful if you had, while you were hugging the guy, just say, "I understand your brain isn't fully formed yet," and just to see if that maybe would have taken some of the tension out yeah. of the situation. Yeah, exactly. That's how I should start. Just, just give me a minute. So, how old are you? Yeah. I think well, you're 20, 20, 21. It, right. Well, so here's what your brain is doing. <laughs> in a couple of years, you're going to look back on this. You're going to regret it. You're going to realize you were being silly. It almost feels like they, they should just put up uh, cameras at a McDonald's in Sweden at 3 o'clock in the morning and just see, just do, shoot a reality show of like, oh, what, of I mean, what happens. And, and no, but it, 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 it's so violent and bad. Like, people really do get hurt. I think probably every every Friday, Saturday night. Like, it's it's a very, very hostile thing. And, I mean, it's almost like I would recommend tourists to just, like, just try. <laughs> just once. If you ever, Don't if you're interested in. Don't bump anybody. Right. Just, just see what that's like. Because it's, uh, it's a weird thing. And, and, you know, you learn about your own culture when once you've left it, in a sense. You know? Sure. So, uh, that was just what I grew up with. And you start, I start, you start going to McDonald's at late night well before you're, you know, drinking age as well, because it's, yeah. it's the only thing that's open. So, um, when you're at house parties as a teenager and you end up at McDonald's, and yeah, so many bad interactions. Is the menu the same, or are there like are, are there like Swedish faves? On- I think it's the same, but it's um, it's better because it's like they. I think they. they it's all like Swedish produced stuff. Got so it, got it. Uh, it's they just have higher demands on what there's like sure. the, the products need to be or whatever. So there's not anything like oh, and you can get a basket of fish faces at McDonald's. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just okay. it's a regular quarter pounder. Faces, and big what? Oh, this is great. You just eat the faces. Uh, I, so just you, hearing you say like you've learned so much about your culture when you come away from it, I'm fascinated to because. I, I feel like you you have a leg firmly planted in each culture because you've spent a lot of time in the states. Yeah. Um, how do you view the United States, and or how do you, you know, sort of? I not that every three hundred fifty million people here, so it's not like everyone's like, yeah, America. That seems right. to be the loudest voice a lot of the time. But what is the? How, how do you define Swedish culture? Like when you sort of. Look at it. What is the vibe or feeling that you get, or a couple of words that you that kind of make you stand? How do you caricaturize Swedish culture? Um, I think for someone who's like never ever thought about Sweden ever, <laughs> it's like I think maybe because like, I spend a lot of time in Toronto, in Canada. Oh, gotcha. There, I think there's similarities to Canadians and Swedes in a sense, or at least for an American that's sort of you know never left America or whatever. If they right. think of like Swedes tend to be uh, very polite uh, in the same way that you, we would think of can, you know Americans think sort of of Canadians, apologetic and polite, sure, um, and um, uh, ex- it's extremely organized and extremely regulated, and like there's rules and people follow rules, and you're not. You're not supposed to stand out. You're not supposed to be, you know, 
overly loud. You should be you should be humble and modest and and, and polite. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's just it's everything that. <laughs> Everything that we're, that we're I know. It's like here, it's like stand out. Right. Be loud if yeah. you have to. No, but it really is. And, yeah. and you know, there's uh, there's this, you know, thing that's sort of well known for uh, Europeans is that you can always spot an American in any restaurants because you can hear them. <laughs> yes, yes, and, yes. And, and uh, you know, if you travel around, it's just like, wow, wow. What the hell, watch? And it's just like uh, uh, he's American, and you can spot Canadians because they have the same accents, but they're not as loud. It's it's amazing, right? Um, but uh, but but I think that's very Swedish, and, and and so partially like leaving that and coming to America, I find liberating that here it's like you're you're allowed to be loud, you know, you're allowed to to stand out and be sort of. Um, um, doing your own thing is encouraged here. It's right. Like, good for you. Go. Good for you. Like that. That actually means something here. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of like, great job. Good for you. And in Sweden, if like if you do something uh, that's to stand out, or you, you you know, it's like, well, just don't do it too much. Right. <laughs> that's the first thing. You know, like don't stand out too much. Sort of good for you, but right. also yeah, yeah, take it down a notch. Exactly. Sort of good for you, but uh, who the hell do you think you are? Take it down a notch. Right. Sweden, take it down a notch. Yeah, gosh. yeah. No, but it really is, and. Um, um, you know, I think America is maybe exactly what you were saying. It's on the extreme other end of sure. it. Sure. Um, and you know, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, lessons to be taught with the sort of Swedish thing. It's called Jant um, Lagen in Swedish. In Swedish, it's like it's a name for this thing that you shouldn't stand out. So, like, if you you shouldn't buy, like, if you just take the example of. Um, um, sort of, uh, you know, suburban houses. Yeah. Uh, if you make more money than me, you're my neighbor. Don't buy an, a, a very expensive car, right? Like, right. buy the Volvo, the family <laughs> car, and it, it doesn't. And so, like, and like, you know, have a modestly renovated house. And even if you're making like big money, never show that you're making big money, right? Right. Uh, so you you should you sh- you're supposed to sort of. You know, yeah, my neighbor and we, we, we sort of have the same car. You know, it's like that, that. That's kind of where the bar should be. And I think here it's sort of the opposite. It's like make sure that you have a you know bigger or fancier Fuck car you, than you ever Or you know, it's like oh, you just uh, I just renovated. I just got a pool, and you know, yeah. it's like this kind of thing. And yeah. it's sort of encouraged this sort of consumerism and like you know. Oh yeah. And and um, so and there's great things coming. From, it's sort of this social democratic perspective of like. Everybody should sort of be, you know, equal and you shouldn't sort of compete and everybody should take care of each other. And it's better if like, if it's a better, it's better if everybody's sort of on the same level here as opposed to like bragging about money where other people might not have it. And yeah. it's, so that is why we have it. It's ingrained in our culture and, and, and sort of in our way of looking at the world is... God, it's so nice though. It is nice and it, it really is. And I mean, that's why I think... Being brought up in Sweden is is so so. Uh, it's such a gift for 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 someone to not only like for my future kids. I like I really want them to 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 go to school in Sweden and kind of get that. You know, it it, it it's a very good place to 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 learn your values right. and, and sort of get a. Uh, a, a good a good start yeah. in life of how you judge people and how you look at the world um, and uh, um, 
Yeah, I'm very thankful for that. You know. Yeah, I mean this this sort of the, this extension of the, like, this kind of hyper capitalism in America, and it's not. I'm not against it. it. It's just you know it actually does teach us like, hey, just good for you. You can do what you want. That's good. Yeah. Really, really focus on what you're passionate about. I mean, that's everything that I've ever encouraged people to do is focus on what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. The problem with like this type of hyper capitalism is that if you're so 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 into your own thing or so much trying to make your own mark, sometimes I think. When everyone's doing that, they're not connecting with each other. Like they're not coming together necessarily for any reason because they're so into their own thing that it like a nice balance of the two would be nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's okay to have a nice car, but not at the expense of <laughs> yeah. you know something. It's like you know not it's all me and fuck everyone else. Right. You know, and um, and unfortunately, social media completely encourages yeah <laughs> completely encourages yeah, crawling and, into and, our and It's strange because. Um, I think this is also a thing that that maybe Americans don't realize as much as as I guess just non-Americans be, <laughs> because uh, so the American culture is has completely taken over the world, right? So, um, you know, sometimes I get questions from Americans like, so "What what are you, uh, what are you what are you what are you guys watching in, in Sweden?" I'm like, "What do you think? <laughs> Game, Game of, of Thrones?" Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or um, or the Avengers, or whatever right. it is, like it's the same thing. Right. It's exactly the same thing. Or like, I mean, uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Like right. every show that's huge is huge in Sweden. Right. Um, so the culture, and I think the, it's the shift has been sort of during my lifetime, actually. So like, um, I'm born 1990. Yeah. And like in 1990, there was much more sort of. Uh, globalization hadn't gone to this to the, right. the extent yet. Still, I mean, just barely pre-internet. Right? Yeah, just yeah. like a couple years before internet. Um, and you know, those only like nineteen ninety to two thousand was a massive change, and then two thousand to two thousand and ten, even more so. It's just constantly changing quicker and quicker. But so Swedish people, um, not only do like like 12 year old Swedish kids speak fluent English at this, at this point. I mean, it's truly a bilingual country. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas like an 80 year old might not speak good English at all. Right. A 12 year old certainly does. And a 12 year old plays world of Warcraft and chats and mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, call of duty and they talk, they speak English to their things and they're, you know, they were, they, whatever kids do, they do make YouTube videos of themselves <laughs> yeah, these playing kids, the game. Whatever they're doing. Uh, but it's true. Cause yeah. like, I, I don't know, it's happening so quickly that even five years, like, I don't, it's like every five years is a, is a brand new generation. I find, you know, like, yeah. because like, like I went to high school without iPhones and then iPhones came and then Instagram came. I mean, it's just like this whole thing. But, but anyways, my point is that, that Sweden has the past 10, 15 years, uh, rapidly sort of went gone towards a more American model in not only politics but sort of in sensibility and things of or, or just how we view the world politically and um, um, and how it's changing because America has such an overpowering influence on all of the world yeah and it's just becoming it's just becoming like the difference uh, it's it's like it's really hard to sort of dis- distinguish what is one place and, and another uh, right. in terms of the borders and uh, Americans don't realize it because Sweden is not <laughs> sort of uh, uh, influencing Americans uh, all that much but Americans and like to me it feels like almost it's just becoming a mishmash and like in twenty years 
or 30 years, like English will be a completely bilingual language, probably in most of Europe. Maybe this is your mission is to is to bring Sweden to America. You need to bring some Swedish ideals to America. Calm some of the shit down here. Right. Just yeah. calm That's down. what Bernie Sanders tried to do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring Sweden to America. This is what I would like to do. Uh, uh, but it's it, but it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, just get the Volvo. Yeah, just get the Volvo. Just get the Volvo. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <laughs> just get the Volvo. Just get the Volvo. But I but I you know I think it just it, it's it's kind of interesting to see where this the conversation's gone because we were talking about what happens in your youth and how your brain forms and then we started speaking culturally and it made me realize that in the you know in the sort of um, schoolyard of the world America is still kind of a young country almost kind of a teenager maybe getting into like 20 21 22 years old yeah. so you know maybe America's brain is still forming our prefrontal cortex right, is still yeah. forming and so that's why we're that's why we're like this. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like and maybe in a in a hundred years we'll be like, oh boy. <laughs> Sorry about that shit. We were, you know, we, we had a good time though. You know, we fuck you know, we Yeah, so America's basically the drunk guy that wants to fight you in the Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Morning. Yeah, but soon, you That's know That's funny. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you wanna go, bro? Come on, bro. Go, bro, bro. America. Nuclear <laughs> weapons. America, you wanna go, bro? <laughs> 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 <Lotto>. uh, <laughs> Can yeah. you explain to me in because uh, uh, I, I don't actually know what the pronunciation is, but the um, the 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 diacritical ring that's over the A, which is its own separate letters, correct? That's in your last name. The little I don't, the, is it called an umlaut? Or is the umlaut's the two dots. That's just a, the little circle I, is like I, I don't know what the I, name I, is. I, I think it's, it's just, just a, it's a diacritic. I, yeah, it's, uh, that's what it's called. Yeah. Well, a diacritic is any kind of a you know like when you hold a letter down on your on the phone yeah, and you get and you all get these the versions. Yeah, you get all these things. Yeah. It's just basically it changes the value of it changes the sonic value of the um, the the vowel. Yeah. But I don't is it, uh, it does it hold out the a sound? How does oh, that so, actually pronounced? So A with two dots over it is, is an umlaut. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And then the A with one dot over it, which my last name yeah. has, is or. 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 Yeah. I have a feeling I can't. So, which is uh, so kind of because ah is easy for Americans. Sure. It's just like ah, yeah. it's just like a note. Uh, but or is harder, and the hardest one is er. Yeah, Which is O oh, with two dots over it. Oh, yeah, I can't. Um, so th- those are the three vowels that we have that you don't. And so my last name in Swedish would be Skarsgård. Got it. Um, but, so but here in America, it's Skarsgård. Skarsgård. <laughs> hey there, Skarsgård. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was it to... You, I mean, you're very forgiving. You're very forgiving about just going. I can't bother to correct everyone every fucking time. It's just a pun. No, but uh, well, Skarsgård is fine. I mean, that's how I say it here. You know, yeah. like, I, I think it would be annoying if I would just try to like no go odd. Skarsgård, please respect my Mr. Skarsgård. Skarsgård. And it sounds it sounds funny. It's it's like a. It, it's like a pirate thing. It's scurr, scurr. Like it's scurr, scurr, You have the perfect name for talk like a pirate day. Yeah, like when we do talk like a pirate day, it's scurr, 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 the pirate. Yeah, exactly. He's 27 now. He doesn't like to fight like he used to because he's really become reflective. Yeah, maybe we don't chase the treasure. We let the treasure come to us. That's how we do it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's exciting to hear... So, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm considerably older than you are, but it's nice to hear someone, you know, speak positively and favorably about, 
about the passage of time and the coming of age and the and the excitement. I mean, hearing young people be excited about something other than their Instagram feed is really refreshing to me. Right. I mean, it, it's it and it really. Uh, I know that's out there. We just see so much of the world as reflected through the digital age. But it is, but it is, because there was a guy last night in my fucking hotel, and I'm not a physical confrontation person, but I wanted to grab this guy's man bun and beat his face against the wall. And I, it activated something very deep in me that I think just goes back to being bullied by douchebags when I was younger. You're right. But he wasn't even a big guy, but we were in line for the, I was in the lobby of my hotel, and I just, I had to pee so bad I didn't want to go up to my room. So I was like, I'll just go in the... And the, 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 there was a, the guy was in front of me. The back of his head was shaved, but he had a man bun. Mm. He was probably about your age. And he was talking to this girl, and I couldn't tell if they were in line. I was like, are you in line for the bathroom? And he's like, hey, bro, you know, just, I'm just doing something here. And then I'm gonna, it was like one of those. And he was giving her these shitty, cheesy, like, yeah, I think we should totally. He was like, just like, he, he clear, I thought they were a couple, but it was clear he was just hitting on her uh. in the bathroom line. And it was fucking working, and it would really hurt my soul. <laughs> and he was just one of these guys. He was drunk, and it was exactly what you were talking about. Maybe his brain hadn't formed yet, but he was kind of talking out loud to everyone in the line. He was just sort of hold, hold, holding court. He's like, "This line's so long, I might just go piss over in the corner." And I just want to be like, "Would you just fucking shut <laughs> up?" I just wanted to, like, is this man bun like an off? Can I just twist it off? Does this shut you up? Yeah, I just want to power this guy down. But he was just so much of that. That energy, that yeah. douchey energy, yeah. that uh, that it, it it really created rage, and I I wish I had had the perspective that you had, like, well, okay, I can see. Ma- I, I just it, for me, I just felt pure hatred, right. and there was definitely a generational gap. Yeah, well, there's. Uh, I think I would have felt similarly, <laughs> <laughs> even being you know his generation. I just wanted this girl to say to him, like, "Fuck!" Uh, like, yeah. I just wanted to say, even talking to you, this guy, think you are you're. <laughs> This. this is why he's allowed to thrive. Yeah, Stop but it, doing I mean, it. but even because it is like the the whole sort of you know the prefrontal cortex development. I mean, there's also like the president of this country who never went through that phase. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so this prefrontal cortex is still forming. Yeah, yeah or never <laughs> or well. Yeah, it just fell off course at some point. I shit it out. Yeah, I didn't yeah, need it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just shit it out. Sad. <laughs> prefrontal cortex flush it down the toilet. Sad. Yeah. yeah. Loser. <laughs> Trump standing over a toilet looking at his prefrontal cortex and shouting and flushing it. He said, Loser. Yeah, you're fired. You're fired. Yeah, prefrontal cortex, you're fired. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, man, but it is. I, I think. I like to think of, like, I. Uh, like one of my best friends, uh, uh, Landon Liberon, who was on uh, uh, Hemlock Grove. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Hemlock Grove. Uh, and he. Um, uh, he, you know, he's one of those guys. Who, he, 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 he says a lot about like he's a r- r- very like a romantic guy, and always just goes like, oh, man, like, we would, you know, sort of uh, sp- we spend so much time up in Toronto together, and we would, he would just go like, oh, man, like it's just not what it used to be, you know, <laughs> like time, like you know, like he, he's 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 like a, a really old man stuck in sure. this uh, handsome twenty-five-year-old's uh, body, but he, you know, he. He's like collects vinyls and wear like old brown clothes. <laughs> right. Yes, of course. And he's like, and he's like, oh, you know, it used to be like in the sixties, like when you bought a record, and you know that record meant <laughs> the this. Sixties. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why is that funny? <laughs> because it's just it, having someone reminisce about a time they never lived in is right, so right, funny to right. me. But even or even like you know before like you wrote letters to yeah. someone you liked. I mean, there's so much time we can look at. Yeah. And be like I think was, it's great that he appreciates those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and you know whatever. And it's like uh, you know it's just it's just like now we're just, and he's just kind of shits on all like all you know over our time the time we're living in. And it's just sort of this vein and nothing means anything anymore. And you don't really pay attention to anything anymore, right? Yeah. It's like you, you have 15 seconds and that's about it. And then you I'll move on to the next thing. And there's sort of an idea that you know before uh, you know. Uh, in the past, people sort of cherish moments more and all this stuff. Oh, sure. And all of it is valid points. Um, but sort of, and I think that's also part of, I mean, that's a part of every young generation, I think, is just always going like, I mean, people in the, you know, this is always like, well, it used to be better, man. Our time sucks. It's kind of this right. thing that uh, I think every generation sort of feel. Um, oh, I'm sure even like in the Industrial Revolution, like yeah. these, these buildings, I can't, it's just... Yeah. Concrete's dumb. Why can't we just have thatched roofs? Farms, man. Farms, man. Farms. <laughs> we can have the farms. What are these? Man, these things with wheels. What's wrong with a horse? Yeah. What are we going to improve on yeah. that, man? Yeah. Um, like Industrial Revolution hipsters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but, but, and I, and I'm like, I, like, of, of all the shit that's going on in the world today, I think we live. Like everyone who's alive, who is alive right now, live in the most spectacular, interesting time oh, of yeah. all time. Sure. And just pause for a moment and think about that, right? So, you know, we've human evolution has been going on since the birth of life, right? right? We've been evolving for you know millions and millions and millions of years, and us Homo sapiens has been around for what, like hundred and fifty thousand years? Just a smidgen. Just a little smidgen. Yeah. But it's 150,000 years of potential lives, right, in history and, yeah. and, 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 you know, 10,000 years of agriculture and civilization. And now might be the most interesting time <laughs> to ever be alive in the history of mankind. Yes. I mean, and it's – you can make a – it's a strong point. Like, even the fact that, like – you know, and, it, and maybe it will be the best time ever to be a human. Like maybe my, or my children will have you know curfews and like they can only use electricity between this. Like I don't or know the where purge. the it'll be the purge or the purge, right? <laughs> yeah. But but uh, uh, and it, it is changing. But even the, the change, even the the imminent sort of disaster, is exciting to live through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 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 feel alive. But it is like I don't know. It's just. Uh, like uh, I'm slashly like there's just like this. I'm so terrified and intrigued at the same time about everything that's going on, sure. you know. Um, and but just a little thing like this, like flying, right? Like flying to like flying into from New York or from LA to Stockholm to go to my like a, a, the premiere, and I was there for two days, and then I flew to Boston, and then I worked in in Boston, and it's like like I I, I can be in three continents in in. Two days. Yeah. And it doesn't even cost that much to fly, right? Like, it's everybody can sort of afford it. If you right. have a job, you can you can get a ticket for, like, back and forth to New York, Sweden, $350. Right. I mean, it's not even... It's like one... It's like... It's not even, like... And I'm thinking about that. I'm like, this... Like, 50 years ago, that was not the case. Like, only really rich people got to fly. Right. And 100 years ago, airplanes weren't around. I mean, it's... <laughs> and Spotify. Like, I have... I have... I have every music that's ever been made... At the 
you know, the tips of my fingers. And it's still hard to decide what to listen to. God, it's even harder, right? What or like, you know, Netflix or, or Filmstruck or, or like, you know, all these different things where, uh, um, or like, you can, I can get any book and I can read it on my phone at any given time. It's, it's, we really live in, like, if any, if you would explain, if, if we would, you know, just have a, tr- you know, a phone call, a line, just like, hey, there's, uh, you know, uh, Bob from 1901 uh, here. Hello? And he just goes, hey, Sam, what's going on? <laughs> Over there? And he just goes, like, you know, and you just explain to him, like, what's, what your deal is. Like, well, no, we don't, you know, we don't use, we don't write letters. You, you, you. FaceTime with your girlfriend. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. What do you mean? Like, I no. Can't, they, they, you, they, like, you wouldn't even really have the reference points to be able to explain to right. him what it was. But could you imagine? Like, oh, and he's, you know, he's, he's off, he's off to war, or he's, uh, 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 you know, he's away on work for months, and like every other week, he gets a little letter from his girlfriend or wife or whatever. And you're like, no, 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 I like, I, I literally see my girlfriend all the t- every time. What? I want to in a little screen. Yeah, they- and we could have sex. <laughs> like, it's just how, like, just to, I think if anything, sort of people in, or my generation or younger generations just pause for a second and think like, you might be alive. At the most uh, privileged time, and I mean, if you look oh, statistically, without a, without a doubt. Oh, there's no question. Of all time yes. that's ever been. That I mean, yes. yes. Like, so just pause and think about that for a second. Not, not only are you around to be, to be a thing, which is right. like miraculous, you're also around to be a thing in the best time of all time. It is, <laughs> it is pretty, I mean, but, but trying to imagine how to explain to that guy in 1901, it's like, the internet is like an infinite Sears catalog <laughs> with sex stuff. Like, how would you explain a meme to someone, or how would you explain, or what would they, you know, what would that guy's version of a hipster be like? Um, records? Ah, all the cool kids are still listening to wax cylinders. You know, like, right. there's no way. I, I, I would be. I feel like it would be difficult to even have, like I said, the reference points for that person to understand yeah. how localized the world has been. And, and now they're even. You know, now they're even talking about, um, oh, rockets could take you anywhere in 30 minutes around the globe. Right. You just kind of go into the lower atmosphere and then, right. you know, you kind of parabolically go up and then down yeah. and then 30 minutes. And, and if that happens, then it's, then it, it, it basically, it will, will become just a true uh, interconnected local species. Yeah. Yeah, but it is it, it, it is <laughs> yeah. it is it is crazy and and uh, and also sad how spoiled we get how fast you know I think Louis C.K. had a had a bit about um, you know someone complaining about the internet on the plane They're like they didn't have this a couple years ago I know, what the yeah. fuck is your yeah. problem I love his whole bit about just being in an airplane yeah yeah and you're flying <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting in a chair. <laughs> 30,000 feet in the air flying. I mean, you do take, we do take it for granted. We do take we all do. That stuff and, but, for granted. But it's also, and I think that it's, it's, it's also one of the, you know, the, the lesson to be learned as well is like, you know, because you can, you can look ahead, sort of envision in a future where it's like, well, it just keeps on getting better and better. And like, yeah, like we solve all these big issues and like cancer is cured and, and, or solved and, and, and global warming is, you know, solved and, starvation is gone and like there's there's there is like 
there is the future, the possible future, where that this time is not the best time ever, right? That it's like, oh, well, you know, if we can get a phone to someone a hundred years from now, the, we would go like, oh, man, what? Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is the trajectory that you want, right? Like that. So yeah. from nineteen, you know, seventeen until today, if you would explain life to one of those people. Uh, they would probably be extremely envious to everything that you have available to you at any given time. And um, I think the lesson to be learned is like, because I, I had, there, there's, you know, my worry is that we just, we're just, I mean, we're, we're borrowing things now. It's just like, we're borrowing the, the, you know, we're borrowing the environment. Oh, like yeah. we're just like, this is just like, we're, we're in debt. Oh yeah. Environment, like, like flying, being in three different continents in two days it's just you're borrowing time and oh, suffering for always, so, and, always. And, and and like and and you know there's so many things in like uh, you know uh, sort of how much we consume and and and, and, and like um, the fact that we are able to sort of in the western world live the way we do and spend the way we do and all these different things and the worry is that, like, yeah, we're maybe not, we're not maybe going to be pay, paying back that debt, but, like, that our children will or our grandchildren will uh, in a major way. And, like, how will they look at us? How will they look at us being the most privileged people to ever live uh, in the most privileged time of all time? Just being like, and then just like immature, you know, premature parental frontal cortex idiots. I mean, I think in a hundred years they'll be like, man, they had water, (laughs) right? (laughs) Those fuckers had water; they didn't even appreciate it. Right now, yeah, we're just fucking Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, Yeah. they were pissing in fine drinking water. They were pissing in water. In water. That's how much water they had. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, like, we we constantly like one of the things about about being younger is you're constantly. I I feel like we're always just going fuck you, older self, because we're constantly writing checks and we're like someday I'll pay this off later or someday yeah. the culture will pay this off later. I don't know when. I don't know how, but hopefully it'll work out. You yeah, know? my my, really my friend about too much. <laughs> my friend uses that a lot. He's like. That's uh, that's future me's problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to worry about that right now. And future yeah. me's gonna be like, what a fucking yeah. dick. Yeah, young me was. Yeah, yeah. Or no, not even. It's like paying your rent or whatever it is. It's like, what a dick. You know, two days ago me was to me. You know, it's like <laughs> like an hour ago. Right. Yeah. What was he thinking? Or like drunk me? How many? How many times haven't we thought like, go fuck yourself, drunk me? Yeah, seriously. I'm st- I'm here now with the hangover <laughs> and all me. the yeah and all the. Or it's like the difference between daytime Swedes and nighttime Swedes. Like, <laughs> daytime, nighttime. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, I have to tell. Uh, there's two more things I wanted to ask you about. Number one, uh, the Castle Rock, which I'm very excited about. But I, I was gonna. I meant to tell you when I saw you at Conan. And great job on Conan, by the way. Oh, thanks, you, man. You, I was so flattered that you mentioned me, and like I, the whole thing was so surreal. Oh, to me. come on! It was, was like we oh, had just me. He knows we, I exist. Of That's course, so I did. we had just seen the. We had just been to the premiere. Yeah. And my wife. Oh God, this was. I'm going to preface this story by telling you everything worked out fine. This the thing that happened. It's all fine. But I had I had a, a, something happened at the premiere. That as much as I lo- was loving the movie, I felt so I was so crushed with guilt. So you know how they had all the they had all those people in their raincoats holding the balloons, yeah. And so their backs 
were to the red carpet. So you would walk around the people and then you would do the red carpet. And then my wife and I were, you know, they were like, let's take singles. Let's take pictures of singles. This red carpet's the most surreal experience ever. Yeah. I will never get used to it. But they're taking single pictures of my wife and single pictures of me. And then, and so one of the people in the the yellow raincoat just lays down in between us. And so I think... We go to a lot of horror things. We go to a lot of horror mazes, horror, you know, theme parks and stuff. So I just think, oh, this is part of, this is a crazy thing that they're doing. Like, yeah. all these people are going to lay down. Still holding the balloon in his hand, just staring upward, just sort of, you know, dead-eyed. And uh, so I think, oh, he's playing around. So I start standing over and I'm like, hey, you know, I have my balloon. I brought a red balloon. Right. Like, making faces. We're taking pictures. And my wife goes... Is, you think he's okay? And I completely shut her down. I go, he's fine. It's part of the thing. Don't ru-. like. I don't want her to ruin his thea- the, right. the thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't ruin the bit. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's doing, you know. And then after a minute, it's like, oh, he's not moving. And so security comes over. The, this kid had complete heat exhaustion. And they had to, like, take him away. Oh, my. How old is this kid? Probably 20. I don't know. 18, 19, Because they were, they, were, they were small, right? Well, they, or, yeah, yeah. They were smaller, but he wasn't, like, a child. Right, yeah. He was late teens, early yeah. 20s, from what I could tell. And I, the entire movie, just could not stop thinking, like, this poor person. This poor person was in trouble. I was, because, the fu- because I was being a fucking asshole, because there were cameras there, I thought it was a bit... My wife tried to help him, but I was, I was like, he's fine. Right. And then they came over and they helped. And ultimately, they got him, you know, like they rehydrated. He was okay. I guess this, I kept checking all night on him. Right. And they said he hadn't eaten all day. He was in these really hot clothes. Right. And he hadn't had any water. Yeah. So uh, so he ended up being fine. But it was, it was such a surreal thing that happened that I didn't know... That I just the whole time I was like, oh, this poor this guy's gonna die, and I didn't know, and it was and my you were fault. Like, hey, take a selfie. Hey, look, look at this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it and it just it 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 made me realize that my default setting of like, hey, we're all fucking clowning around here, right. maybe not always the best default setting yeah, situation. Yeah. Oh but it was God. not it was not part of the premiere at all. But the movie was so beyond, you know, and and it's a very hard balance because people. Because you have the book, and then you have the miniseries, and then this new thing, and uh, reboots don't always go great, but this, you know, what I said to people after I saw it was, it's so amazing, it's so much its own thing, you can absolutely still have the other experiences, and then this is just a really separate, beautiful experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... It was was one of those, it was a weird thing, because when we were shooting the movie, um... You know, you have to understand that this is uh, such a terrifying undertaking for me, uh, like, getting the job. Just like, yeah. oh, wow, no, oh, my God. Because, like, I I knew that there was an... It was a very highly anticipated. Like, the, the, the miniseries, like, traumatized Sweden. Like, uh, <laughs> like so many, like... My girlfriend's a little bit older than me, and, like... like all of like they're like that movie just like that was the movie that everybody talked about um so uh it spread all the way to sweden in yeah. a major way and it, it was such a big thing and, and the anticipation for the remake was huge um and uh uh when we were doing it, and so so i was doing there was points you know the first step was just like okay focus to get the job right it was a whole process of right. booking it 
then once I booked it, I'm like, I got the job. Whoa, no. <laughs> like, what do I do now? Like, it's sort of in the same, like, yeah. Oh, then it just sets in the gravity of, yeah, of, of like, oh, you're going to be butchered. <laughs> you're going to destroy, like, all these people, you know, and you fooled Andy and trusting you, and you're just going to let everybody down and, you know, all these different sort of uh, creeping little fears that, sure. that, that strangle you at night. and. I, um, uh, but when we were doing it and, you know, there was, I had my way of sort of dealing with that and sort of putting that all of that, I had to put all of that aside and just being like, Bill, make the clown that you would want to see, you know, yes. and that like, and that oh was, God, that needs to be your Twitter bio. Right. But that, <laughs> but that was really what I felt. I'm like, there's going to be people who hate you, uh, and hate your performance, but there might be people that love your performance and sure. do it for them and do it for them alone and don't care about what other people might think of yeah. you. And, and and do like, what if I was sitting in, in the theater, what would I respond to? Like that make, you know, for the, the people in the audience who are like me, you know, and make it for them sort of a thing, yeah. you know? And I think that's ultimately the lesson of any art in, that you do. It's like, do it, do it so that you like it or right. do it so that you'd be proud of it yeah and then if someone goes like oh that's shit you can go well we're in different opinions then <laughs> <laughs> no my opinions are facts right so my like, opinions are facts uh so like and and and, and then it's sort of like all right so if you make a job where you can go like yeah that's that's sort of what i wanted it to be and then someone goes that's shit and you can go oh well I agree to disagree <laughs> yeah. yeah and then that's and there's strength in that and confidence in that but anyways when we were doing it there was like you know there's i've I've been working as an actor for 18 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I did my first thing when I was uh, nine. Yeah. And um, I've been on so many different film sets and so many different uh, uh, TV shows and, you know, um, or uh, crews, I mean, in, on different parts of the world. And you, you, there's an energy to it. There's different energies. And you can sort of sense... Uh, the collective energy of what you're doing. Sometimes it's very much like clocking in, clocking out. You yeah. feel people are like, mm, it's just a job. Because crew members, they, they work, they don't really care. I right. mean, there's, they work every, on different they're, they're projects. Job, not, and yeah. if the movie's shit, they still get paid. I mean, it's, right. uh, the crew members, uh, the, the entire crew is like, they, you know, it's a job for them. Uh, and then at times you can feel an energy. It's like, oh, the crew, like everybody part of this crew here feels... We're making something, and people yeah. are a little bit more excited about this thing than, than, than maybe uh, they're they you know they, they are on, on, on any other project. And I was doing this and we were shooting it and with the kids and everything, and I did feel this energy. It was like we're creating a beast here, like there's something that's sort of fig that's clicking. Yeah. Um, but I'd never said it. I couldn't. I'm like if I'm if I say that what we're doing here is something that's really working. It's like, I, I was just, I was literally waiting for the crash. Like I was waiting, like things were going really well and the energy and what we were doing and the excitement. And like I said, the crew members were like, wow, like this is so special. Like we're doing something special. We're making something special here. And I felt that, but I couldn't accept it because I was afraid that I was going to jinx everything. Well, yeah, and it's not even—it's not even so much. I don't even think it's so much about jinxing as it is once you become aware that something is special. It's almost like your brain operates in a different place, and you're not present anymore. And it's like, yeah, it's just that's a, that's an interesting that's a really interesting skill to learn 
which is to be present when you are when your body is telling you like, oh, look at this. Or like, no, I can't go out and look at it from that point of view. Right. You just have to be. Oh. I have to be in it. Absolutely. I mean, and when you're doing it, you you are. But it's it was also post, like after we've done it, after we were wrapped, and yeah. after like, uh, um, uh, you know, um, yeah, all my work was done, and, and it was still this. I was like, I, I think, and I saw, uh, uh, you know, first cut of the movie, and I'm like, I I think it really works, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, like I just I I I was just sort of always waiting for them for that. That, that really big bad to happen or right. you know, it, is, it, it, it can't be it can't work you know so, so it was just a weird thing and then once it came out and people really liked it so much it was like oh well, oh good all right like, thanks. <laughs> I can let all that go yeah it's like fine oh you know I'm so happy and I and I, I do think that like you said it's it's such a testament to to Andy and Barbara you know um and everyone who everyone who who was involved in in making this film, um, you know, from the uh, 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 the prosthetics and the costume design and everything, um, that like it's so hard to do this to make something to make a remake or a new adaptation of something that is so culturally, uh, you know, people have such a clear thing of what it is. And right. what Pennywise was not only from the book but from Tim Carey's performance and. It's such an iconic thing already. Right. And to redo it, it, I mean, it's it almost always fails, right? <laughs> it almost always does. It really does because you, there are some things where you just go, yeah, they didn't really need to remake that. It was fine the first right. time. But I think you can really tell the difference between something that's remade because a marketing person said we should remake this and something that's remade because someone says, I have a very specific, unique vision for this that I think is special mm-hmm. like the, the, coming at it from a creative side because it really was it really was its own world and even I was talking to Finn Wolfhard about it at the premiere and he said yeah they encouraged us all because I said the thing that fascinated me so much is that first of all ton of F-bombs from 13 year olds which is great yeah Cause, yeah. but I said that's how they talk <laughs> that's how they talk <laughs> yeah. I go you guys talked how I talked when right. I was a kid. there was nothing that felt scripted about right. it and he said yeah you know they made us all hang out together and we all actually became friends and, and we got to play around and riff around a lot and yeah. so it was like yeah I, you know I was the kid that was making 30 dick jokes a minute right. around my friends yeah. and so I really even just from even if it was just that right. I would have felt like oh this movie is incredibly yeah. so there was an authenticity to it yeah. and honestly the best movie villains don't jump out always and go I'm all scary. Right. It's the ones where you can feel that there's an emptiness in them that you can't reason with or touch. Right. That it's just like you can't, you cannot control this thing. Yeah. This thing is going to keep coming for you no matter what because it doesn't, it won't reason with right. you in yeah. any way. Yeah. But it, but from top to bottom, you guys did such an incredible job, and I, now I'm excited to, you know, at the premiere when people, because Seth Green was sitting next to us, and he was like. Man, he goes, yo, where do you think this is gonna go? Like, what do you think? Yeah. Like, people are already talking about the next movie, right? Which is, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a huge uh, challenge, and I, I mean, it, just because I I want to, you know, even give more credit also to 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 Andy in how he uh, treated and worked with the kids, um, and I think it's a lesson for you know sort of how I was brought up, and I think it's a lesson for anyone who has kids. It's he always treated them with respect and treated them like any other actor. Sure. So um, uh, he 
at whatever they had to say, he listened and he made sure to listen to them. You know, what, what's your idea? You know, uh, and 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 he encouraged them to to express themselves, express what they thought about the scene, and give them. He really enforced like their sort of confidence in in in, in performing, and um, in return, these kids were not kids surrounded by adults. They were actors right. surrounded by by their peers in right. a sense and 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 the kids you know they were so free there was no you know hierarchy of like they couldn't do or say anything they were you know uh um jack grazer was doing bill cosby impersonations yeah you know and like off like between takes oh that's amazing. just he just i mean he's such like a little comedic genius i think yeah. but there was like they were allowed to be f- who they are fully Right, you know, there was no like, oh, you can't say that or you can't do this. They were being kids, and within that, um, they could their true potential can really shine through. Yeah, um, and um, um, it, you know, it was. I don't think it was for that. You know, and you know, they're they're, they're all going to have I think really great careers ahead of them, and they're going to see that there's going to be a lot of different productions where it's not like that <laughs> where it's like oh hey you, you know where people tell you how to do to say what to do and you know sort of undermine you just for being a kid and right and i felt that you know i i, I was a kid actor you know and 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 it always infuriated me as a kid it's like why can't why can't why aren't you not listening to me or like this sort of uh, way of treating kids as kids it's like no treat them as little humans you know and, well, and, and minds of their own if and, they're and, working yeah they're professionals, yeah. and you should treat them like professionals. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you meet, you know, if you meet, if you're hanging out at the park with your kids and your other kids, oh hey, you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe, like maybe that's. But if they're if they're high, if they're professional people, yeah, then treat them as professional entities. But I think, I mean, even even I think you should treat your 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 kids like that. I mean, if don't like, I think sort of hierarchy and authority and which is a cultural thing as well, which is sure. much more pronounced in America, is bullshit. You know, like. Like this authoritative figure in in parenting is like, I mean, your parent, you're your you're the parent. Of course, it's, you're going to be an authoritative figure, but um, let the kid be like, listen to your child and right. like, like encourage your child to be who he is and like listen to them and ask them questions and and even if they say the most absurd things like kids do about whatever they have thought about, it's like. Well, good. That good thing that you had the thought at least. <laughs> good you know? for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and and I saw Andy doing that, and it, to the kids, and 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 I was like, that's uh, he's doing something. He's he's really, you know, sort of letting these kids' raw talent be encouraged in a beautiful way. Have they already started talking to? You? Have they already started talking to you? Like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna go back and shoot in 2018, and we're already gonna get back into. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's all yeah. Sometime next year, we're working on the script now, and I hope that like because Andy and I had such a good collaboration, and I, I, I it the second one, uh, there's a lot of challenges to the second part. Um, I think mainly that the kids are not in it really, right? Uh, and they're the kid, all adults. They're all adults, and the kid. I mean, the, the the strength of the novel is the kids. It's so much what the story is 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 kid, the kids, and even the the, the part of uh, the kids being adults is about them being kids. Right. So they try to remember all of the things that happened when they were children, and they it's almost they're you know they they're adults and they. They get brought back together, and they need to figure out who they were as kids, or sort of 
they never got to really let go of their of, the, of their inner ch- children in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and um, um, and the book is told, you know, uh, these two storylines back to back. So one chapter adults, one chapter kids. So you're reading it and you don't know how it's going to end for either the children's story or the adult story up until the very end. We've already told the children the child story in the first movie. So the second movie, you can't just Tell, do, tell the same story, but they're adults, right? right. It, it need, you need to really uh, explore different things. <laughs> Here we go again, right? Yes. It's like, well, let's. What did what did we do in the first movie? <laughs> <laughs> Reference it as the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they bit that kid's arm. Right, off. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Shit. That's right. We were here. Oh, and wait, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And they're back in the cistern, and they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, the I was. Um, yeah, I'm in the town in New York Comic Con for Walking Dead stuff, and so I was having dinner last night with a couple of the Walking Dead people, and Andy Lincoln had seen it, and he loved it, and he said, and I loved how all the adults were so broken, uh, almost like, and I go, yeah, you know, it was like, like they were all kind of monsters in their own way, and he was like, yeah, but, you know, it's because they were all dealing with what they had seen 27 years ago, and I was like, <laughs> and so we just had this whole conversation about, like, what they, so... This movie might have also been a sequel to what the what those adults' childhood, right. what their childhood yeah, yeah, was. Yeah. But at the premiere, Finn and all the kids were talking about like they were. It was so funny to hear him go like, "Who would play us?" So they were trying to figure out who played him. And I think I I think I won the award for best casting award for Finn's character as an adult, Paul Rudd. Paul uh, Rudd, yeah, yeah, right there, Paul Rudd. Can you think he's of him? He's amazing. He's amazing. I love him. Sense of humor. Sense of humor. Funny kind of look. They look kind of similar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of... Get a, a brown contacts or something. <laughs> I, I I really it's one of those things like I'm so when people cast someone as an older one and they yeah. have different eye colors it always said what why what were you thinking technology you no but context, context is easy but yeah. like I've worked on things where they've not they've not well they don't bother with that at all they, no, no there's like a brown eyed character and then there's a blue eyed kid I'm like who who <laughs> this, this, that's not how it works kid had a good read I don't want to tell you kid had a good read like you know uh, but um, uh, yeah I mean it, 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 it's going to be such a, a complete different experience for me like working with like 40 year old actors <laughs> like do you know what I mean as opposed to the kids and like oh hi yeah you know and like uh, it's going to be a completely different experience and I'm really looking forward to it and I think you know um um, you know, I want to talk to the, you know, collaborate with Andy and sort of figure out sort of few things. And I think we could, I think there's, I think there's a lot of potential to make something. I think it has to be different. So, and th- this is uh, um, a thing that I, um, so when when you have a really successful movie and you want to make the sequel to it, there's uh, a lot of producers and money people. That just go well. Th- 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 that worked. <laughs> so let's just do more of that. Let's just, let's just do that again. Yeah. And they, like, they really want to make the, exactly the same movie because they know that that movie worked. Right. And I think that that would be the biggest uh, 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 problem and disaster for the, fe- the the new movie. It's like if they're trying to make the first one, and we have the first one, and it's fantastic and great. And it was special because and it was that special was a because in time. it was that movie. And I think like the the coolest version is the sequel. That's something else. Like oh, that's yeah. that. And you look at them and you're like, I like you know obviously it's the 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 same characters and it's just you know the the clown and everything. But it's like 
you know, maybe it's it's adults. It's it could be darker. It could be more psychological. There's a lot of different things that could be you know played uh, and explored. So you can look at like these both of these movies and different as different movies, but separately as good things. Yeah, and, and I and it's kind of funny to hear you say that because it it goes it speaks to what we were saying earlier about trying to recapture your youth. That most sequels are probably like Steve Buscemi going, "Hey, what's up, other kids? Yeah, remember, <laughs> yeah. remember, yeah. you know." Um, a really great example of that is, you know, Rob Zombie made House of a Thousand Corpses, but Devil's Rejects was a completely separate yeah. genre of a movie. And it's like, I would love to see sequels experiment with, like, genre hoppers. Right, like, cause right. It, that, that's, even if it fails, it's like, well, you failed... On your on your own terms, right. trying to do something, you didn't. It didn't fail because people were, were like, "Yawn, I saw right. this the last time." Yeah, and I think it's also as a, as an audience member, if you go and like, "Oh, it too, it chapter two, and you go like, "Wow, I, I wasn't expecting that." I mean, right. that's like that's an exhilarating feeling when when the movie surprises you. Yeah, uh, and uh, um, uh, yeah, I think I mean, and there is you know, I think the audiences should be more open to it as well, and sort of. You know, in genre shifts in sequels, or like kind of exploring different things, and not, you know, and try to view sequels as not necessarily need to compare them to the first thing. It's like, oh, it's another movie. It's the same, you know, and that to to because ultimately, if the audience is encouraging that, it, we will will see money people sort of be tending to be more uh, uh, willing to, to Well, explore. it's just that money people are scared and, and, and money people, you know, they don't, they, they if they think creatively, it's riskier for them to think creatively because like, we have to look at charts if we're spending yeah, this much yeah, money, we have yeah. to there's a formula and right. we gotta make the formula but, uh, but then most of the time and maybe the formula works more than I realize but I feel like most of the time, shit works when some sort of creative vision breaks through. Yeah. And then all the money people go, oh, just do that. Go, right. no, no, no. Just get someone else to make their own creative vision. Yeah. Like, don't have another kid get his arm bitten off. You right. know, like we yeah. already saw that one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the last thing I want to What if it's ask, another storm drive? It's another storm <laughs> This isn't Georgie. This is Giorgio. <laughs> and uh, Giorgio is older. And he's in a, But he's in like a cool rain blue, jacket. Blue. It's blue. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like fucking. Uh, and it's snowing. Yeah, it's, it's not raining. It's, it's snow. snowing. It's beautiful. It's going to look beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And it's on the other side of the street. Right. So he's reaching in on the other. So it's not even the same if you really right, think right, about it. It's right hand instead of the right left hand. Right hand instead of the left hand. You guys, fucking brilliant. That's why I get paid. That's why I get paid. Uh, but uh, the last thing I want to ask you about is Castle Rock because um, the uh, it, it really does. I mean, I've just seen the teaser for it, but it just it seems to be this mega Stephen King, you know, universe of like Battle of the Stephen King stars. Yeah, this kind of a thing. I mean, I see, it's, like it, Annie it, Wilkes' name. Annie, yeah, Annie, I don't different names. So I uh, I saw that teaser before I. Even they, before they reached out to me about the project whatsoever, and my friend was like, "Hey, Bill, look, it's going to be like a TV version of Pennywise." <laughs> and I saw it, and I'm like, huh, "Yeah, yeah, like, yeah." But I was, I was like, "That's," and I thought it was weird. It was like, you know, because Pennywise is like a title in the right. little teaser, and I'm like, "What are they doing? Like, a, it's going to be like a another version of Pen- like a TV version?" Like, a, I was so, and then they reached out to me of sort of. Just like for an audition or an interest, and I'm like, no, I don't, I'm, I don't want to. I'm not interested in it. Like I'm, I'm it. I'm Pennywise in the Stephen King movie. Yeah. Like I don't really like. I was sort of, and it's like J.J. Abrams producing and Bad Robot, so they're like super secretive. Like, well, there's no script. You can't read it. And like <laughs> this whole thing because apparently everything is Star Wars. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Of course. Uh, and um, 
you know, and I was like, you know, and so I was like, I'm not, I'm a, you know, thank you, but like, I'm not so sure, like, I don't want to read for it, and uh, it, like, I didn't even, I was worried that it was going to be so associated with Pennywise, and if Pennywise is going to be in it, and like, I'm going to play a character, and then Pennywise is in the show, and I'm like, you know, like, I, the whole thing just sounded right. weird to me. Um, and then um, they sort of like, oh, okay, well, we'll let him read a script. <laughs> and, I, you know, you have to, you have like 24 hours to read it, and it's a whole like stupid password thing that you need to go into. And I read the script, and I'm like, wow, this is completely unique in its own thing, and it's great. And then I met with uh, Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason, the, the showrunners, and just like, I read the script, it's great. Um, what's the show, right? Like, that's the, this is the pilot, what is it? And they sort of, talked about their vision and what they want to do with it and then and and i was just in the room just like i'm in oh that's like, great yeah and it was it was it's so a complete shift and i told them i'm like well so i've been worried that it was going to be so associated with it and and and, and they were like yeah the teaser was uh it didn't make much sense to us either <laughs> uh, so are you allowed to say are you pennywise in this or are you not allowed to say what you are uh no it's I, i'm not it's a complete separate it's a thing, thing. And so, and I and I want to make sure I'm like just so you know, like I want to make. And they were like, well, we're we're sort of. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but they were like, we're we're deliberately sort of not like because it is such a phenomenon, and right. they want to make their own thing. Good. Um and um and it's you know it's set in Castle Rock, which is uh you know Derry is is Pennywise is in Derry, uh Maine, and Castle Rock is 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 also in Maine, and it's another fictional uh uh um town of Stephen King's and so there's characters that do appear that if you yeah. know his world that there's but the story itself is original it's a new story and like I, I'm not going to go into any of it but it's it's really good I mean the script the first pilot was, was I was so intrigued and it's one of those things where um, because it's uh, Star Wars, <laughs> uh, they're uh, every like we I you know they've been very secretive even for us actors and I mean we're on episode five now and I've read episode six and Got it. like I up until like now sort of they gave me this the full rundown of what actually happens in the in the end but before before like the first four episodes I didn't really know where it was going uh because they were so secretive about it and there was a reason for my character didn't need to know got it uh, and then there's a shift and then he needed to know i wonder if it's but, that or they're behind closed doors they're like what the hell are we doing right yeah what the fuck is episode doing? seven <laughs> guys it's very secretive i don't know what the fuck they're gonna find out we don't know what the fuck we're doing what do you mean what did we mean by that i don't fucking know i love that stephen king's is basically presenting this idea of maine between Derry and castle rock and banger maine it's like Maine is just a fucked up, weird yeah. hotbed of yeah. murder activity. Yeah, and then and um, uh, but anyways, it looks like yeah, working on it now, and it's like I'm every script I go, I'm like I can't wait to fucking find out what's happening because <laughs> it's so mysterious. It's very uh, true to Stephen King in in theme in it, in essence. It's dark. Uh, sort of the, the sort of weird Stephen King sort of dark absurdity yeah, uh, uh, which is very true to it and and I, I really think that you know it's one of those things you never know how it's going to come out but I, I really think that it, it, it's going to um, really carry the Stephen King essence in a, in a, in a new original story uh, and um, I'm really excited about it you know it's, it's, it's a fun thing and it's a, I'm, I'm loving the character I'm playing it's very different to Pennywise and I'm using completely different things but uh but he's creepy. <laughs> uh, so, I can't wait. When does that come out? Uh, sometime next year. Sometime yeah. next year. We're halfway. We're halfway through the shoot. So. 
And a friend of mine just um, said, uh, I, you know, for whatever reason, I, I, it's rare that I go to the movies anymore because of my work schedule, unless it's a premiere. But, uh, uh, and, and not like, I only go to premieres. It's just like, I'm, I can, I'm conscious to schedule those in. Mm-hmm. And on the weekends, I just, I, it's rare that I ever go, hey, I've been working all week, but I'm going to go get in the car and park and go see a movie. Right. Even though once I'm there, I love it. Yeah. So uh, I, I really want to see Atomic Blonde, but a friend of mine just saw it and he was like, I just saw it twice. Yeah. It was that fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Atomic Blonde is fun. I mean, it's, 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 if you're into action, it's like, it's, as good as it gets. Like, it's just Charlie Theron just radiating is the only, the only way, like, just how Charlie's can, you know? It's yeah. just like, and just beating the shit out of dudes. <laughs> Which is, like, great. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, to have, like, a hot, badass actress just beating the shit out of guys. That's I feel fantastic. Like we need more of that. Um, well, I, uh, I've taken up enough of your time, but thank you this for having me. Ha- yeah, pleasure, man. Thanks for that, having this me. This was great. Yeah. Oh, Bill, it was, yeah. it was so nice to meet you. And, and so I was trying, you know, at Conan, I was trying not to, you know, like, fan out too much on you, but it, we just absolutely adored you in the movie and uh, and I'm so excited and, and just having spent some time with you too like now I'm like before I appreciated you as a performer and now I'm like I really like that Bill I want, <laughs> he's gonna do great that guy's gonna do great so, uh, well uh, listen Chris if you're over coming over to Sweden I'll, I'll, I'll have you I'll have you for dinner literally like next week hey yeah. we're here yeah, yeah. you said any time yeah. No, but for sure, it's, uh, we'll, we'll show you around. And uh, I would love that. Yeah, yeah, please come over. All right, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.